Welcome to Points of Departure, a podcast from the Arkansas Global Changemakers in coordination with KUAF Public Radio, where we aim to place pressing social issues into global context and bring communities together to find local solutions to global challenges. My name is Lawrence Hare. I'm Associate Professor of History in the Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences. And my name is Rogelio Garcia Contreras. I am a teaching assistant faculty at the Strategy, Entrepreneurship, and Venture Innovation Department of the Walton College of Business. And I'm Lee Wood, General Manager of KUAF Public Radio. And we're your hosts for Points of Departure. Hi, this is Daniel Carruth, producer for Points of Departure. A quick note here, all of the sounds that you're hearing are from Rome, Italy. Over the summer, Lawrence and Rogelio took the podcast overseas to visit some of their global changemaker partners in Rome and Barcelona. This season is all happening abroad. We'll hear from scholars, social entrepreneurs, students, and a plethora of truly global changemakers. In this episode, you'll hear from Rome Center faculty and students at the University of Arkansas about how they're connecting the changemaker model in the classroom and in their study abroad programming. And you'll also be hearing a lot from me in this episode. All right, that's it. Grazie mille per l'ascolto and enjoy the show. Ciao. fountain bubbles while the June sun beats down on the gravel courtyard just 400 meters from the Piazza Novona on one side and the banks of the Tiber River looking toward the Castel San Angelo and the Vatican on the other. This courtyard is home to the University of Arkansas's Rome campus. So this is this is the library. Can't spend some time here. Yeah, that's no. outside. I know, I know. And the best thing is that we have a little garden. <laughs> That's Francesco Badeschi, director of the Rome Center. He's showing off the main building, a palatial series of conference rooms, lecture halls, and design studios covered by Renaissance murals, rich gold-colored drapes, and ornate light fixtures. We are the biggest tenant, but then there are other institutions. Uh, there's, uh, there's the ambassador of Slovenia who lives upstairs, a couple of law firms, well. So it may seem unusual, maybe, for an American university, let alone one from Arkansas, to have a physical presence in a major European city. But the history of the Rome program begins in 1989 with the Faye Jones School of Architecture. It was led at the time uh, by Professor Davide Vitali, who, after an experience 
in Arkansas as a, as a professor there, uh, was given the chance to move back to his home country, uh, his hometown, actually, David is from Rome, um, and help the School of Architecture to start this, uh, this program. And it started, as I said, as an, uh, the classic summer program. Students would come to Rome and they would travel a little bit. I, I think it was two or three weeks, no more. Then the dean at the time decided to make, uh, I would say, a bold move because he made this uh, study abroad uh, a mandatory experience for all architecture students who decided to enroll at the Faye Jones School of Architecture. And that obviously made this program more, 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 more permanent. And so they found an office, they, they start getting students on a regular basis. Uh, and then in 2016, the program was moved from architecture and under the graduate school and international education department and broadened to include more areas of study. Since then, uh, we, we, we have experienced a constant growth of students, not only from our inst partner institutions, but mostly internally. So we start to recruit students from the Fulbright College of Art and Science, a School of Journalism, um, uh, History, uh, Global Studies. Uh, uh, so actually we were on an, on an interesting track um, up to the point that in the spring of 2020 we had 115 students in Rome for the semester, which was our highest number ever, ever reached. Badescu says his goal is to make the Rome Center the European hub of the University of Arkansas. But why? Why is it important to have a presence in Rome, in Europe at all? And what can students learn here that they can't get in Fayetteville? One, obviously, uh, I, I see the Rome Center being uh, um, a fundamental uh, piece of the overall mission of the University of Arkansas, which is to advance the economic development of the state of Arkansas. And in order to achieve that mission, you have to educate people. Uh, and giving the chance to young Americans who come from, may I say, a part of the United States which is a little, you know, mostly rural, and may, may not have many opportunities to engage with the rest of the world, sometimes not even in the rest of the country, but no. Um, it, it's, it, it's a fundamental ingredient no? uh, to, to really create better citizens. Uh, I always say, no, uh, leaving your, your country uh, means many things. It means understanding different culture, getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, so there's a growing component, independently from what you learn on the books. The other ambition, Badescu says, he has for the Rome Center is to make study abroad and then international opportunities more accessible for students who may be more cautious. We provide all those um, facilities and, and, and network of uh, support for the students who, as I said, are out of their comfort zone. And so I think it, it must be reassuring for a parent, for a student, for whoever is you know, thinking of doing this jump no? and to get out from the comfort zone, 
knowing that they're they're going in a place that is a completely integrated with the campus we follow 100% the guidelines of the university we are in constant contact with the office on campus i always like to say the rome center is actually another building on of, of the campus it's 8000 kilometers away and on the other side of the atlantic ocean but besides that it, it's just the same So how exactly does the Rome Center advance all of these goals about global exchange? First things first, you've got to get out of the classroom. This summer, a group of fourth-year architecture students from the University of Arkansas took part in a project as part of the Festival of Architecture of Rome, partnering with Italian students and community partners all around the idea of engaging community and public space. Five of the students sat down with Lawrence Hare to talk about their experience and how it changed and challenged their ideas around architecture and society. Uh, My name is Grant Wilson. I am a fourth year student. My name is Saewon Park and I'm also a fourth year student. My name is Brendan Chuchi and I'm a fourth year student. I'm Courtney Ewan and I'm also a fourth year student. The big project was a uh, we are at the Festival of Architecture of Rome, um, so it's like a, a once yearly festival that happens where all the architects of Rome come in and there's just a big festival and gathering. And we were, we were um, assigned to a, a work, the workshop portion of it where 60 students, they can be international or here locally, um, they come and uh, work on three or four different projects for about a week. So. We were split up into four different groups and we all got put in groups with like Italian students and we all four had different um, different projects that we were working on. Yeah, and the, the larger focus of the workshop was kind of community activation of public spaces um, in Rome. Because there's lots of, obviously Rome is known for its public spaces, but there's really more that people aren't necessarily aware of or aren't being utilized. So that was kind of the broader objective of the workshop was to identify ways that those different places could be activated through a multitude of means. Um, mm-hmm. Say Juan and I were both working on a, a parking lot that um, was public space but wasn't really uh, known to be public space, so thinking about ways that architecture could kind of be used to bring people into that space, I'll let uh, Brennan and Courtney talk about their, you know, broadly about their project. We kind of had a weird one. Uh, yeah. We we're tasked with making a video about uh, a small part of Ostiense. And I don't know, my group kind of focused on how we're always being watched, whether it's with graffiti, cameras, or other people on the street. We kind of had fun with that idea. Mm-hmm. But. My group, I was in a group, it was me, and then two Italian students who didn't really speak much English, so that was interesting. But um, ours was focused on the public use of uh, spaces within Ostienza, which is a neighborhood in Rome, um, and how they vary throughout the day. So we would get up at like 4 a.m. and go film at a certain spot and see how the public was interacting with it, if there was anybody. We'd go to the same spot at like 8 p.m., and then we'd go to the same spot at like midnight. And we kind of compiled that into a video. Um, it, it ended up telling a really cool story of the way <laughs> the way the public changes the space throughout the day so was it like iron chef where they have the project covered and then someone yells out here's your project public space and they uncover it and then you have like a timer and you have to go and 
Pretty much. I mean, Tomer was like seven days straight. I'd say it was the architectural equivalent to Iron Chef. Yeah, like it was. It was very fast. What, was there a competitive component to it, or did were they judged, or? <laughs> well, we had to present the project on Sunday, and we knew they had to look presentable by Sunday. So that's the only aspect. Well, which, I mean, I think in architecture, there's always a, a bit of competition. Yeah, we're there all is competitive people. Maybe not spoken, but um, th we were presenting to a crowd of what I'd say couple hundred people and the mayor of rome was there the mayor yeah the mayor was there oh well no pressure exactly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so and we're presenting in english so there was kind of an interesting yeah. aspect of it but everyone was i mean it worked out great but so let's talk about the projects and then and then i want to talk about the like what you see is the is sort of impact of the projects T tell courtney tell me what you tell me what you came up with we filmed a lot at night for the most part uh and we got a couple close shots of eyes some cameras. I was really inspired by the Safdie brothers, their films, you know, Uncut Gems, and like how they use synth music to produce anxiety. Um, so I used their song Uncut Gems, and it was just really fun. Like I found it really satisfying to cut the beats up and make it all match. Um, but I think we ended up having a product that was creating anxiety because our whole concept was you're always being watched. But, but at some level, you're making a statement about how public space is used in Rome yeah. or, or how it's misused, I guess, in this case, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so there's a criticism. What, what is it you think is, what's the problem with the way these spaces are used? Um, I don't know if there was something wrong as much as just different with how the okay. United States uses theirs. Um, okay. So like okay. in the area we were, we were comparing some of the like more happening bars and restaurants to kind of Dixon, I guess. And we haven't really found a Dixon here in Rome. It's more like you eat, you sit down, you have like a nice time. It's not really grab a drink, party, and go home. Um, so just being able to like capture more intimate moments instead oh. of people like losing their mind on the street, that was nice to see. I heard you say earlier that you were interested in the way that that people shape the space mm -hmm. and, and there's an like when you design a space you the, the architect intends for it to be used a certain way but then people shape that can you give me an example of what that means yeah so for us it was um it was this old back alleyway behind this abandoned uh gasometer it was there's this alley behind it and it was literally just it was probably a four-lane street so at one point it was probably used pretty heavily but now it was abandoned but I think there was some sort of public art project there because now the wall in the street had been completely like graffitied over and it, it was like it was like not like in the sense where like you would want to turn away from it like it was like cool art and you we noticed that a lot of these people Bedan didn't have the space that was once abandoned and like the road was starting to crack and it was the road wasn't in great condition but people were now using this random road there were two like workout classes um, so I think one thing we noticed is that like, if you take care of it if you take care of a space people will use it and that there's always a way to like adaptively adapt adapt a space to be reused in different ways so what was once a road is now a public park and so there were kids playing soccer people running yoga classes uh <laughs> like ran random workout classes that were super funny <laughs> um to watch but the big thing is that i you know when when we design we intend for something to be the way it is but that might not be the best way that it can actually be used and in this case it was a road so that's an interesting takeaway for sure yeah. okay so 
were you the two of you working on a project together? Okay. Yes. So yeah, we actually were. Yeah. yeah. So tell me what you came up with. Say one. Um. So on Monday we were proposed to change a abandoned public area and to focus on one thing, one action to do. And so Grant and I, we decided to focus on eating and bringing the community together to eat together. And, um, and we actually had to plan something to, like an event for Friday as like what we see for the future and like the first step of it, because we only had so many days, so. Like Sewon said, we focused on food as kind of a way to, to activate the space and bring people in. Um, and we, to start with, the, the larger goals of our particular kind of workshop were the first step kind of small action and then like a long-term vision for what we first saw happening um, for the site over time. So we, we had some different ways of kind of investigating the area, but we, we focused on food and we were talking to our Italian because we had other Italian students in our work in our workshop, but just not directly working on our project. Um, and they introduced us to this idea of a, a sagra, which is like a kind of Italian block party, eating outside and sharing mm -hmm. sharing a meal. And we thought that's a great way to get people kind of out of their house into this new space. That was our like larger goal. And like Saiwan mentioned, for for the Friday, we were like, let's start with the fruit salad because we feel like that's approachable for for us with the, our kind of limited budget. Um, but we, we kind of see the, the space in the future as being somewhere where people can come and use it as a shared space to eat. Because right now, Rome is, has a lot of great public spaces, but they don't necessarily have a space where people can come and prepare food together. That's kind of a novel idea um, and something that we think people need, especially after being separate from so, for so long. Um, after with, the pandemic. After the I mean, pandemic yeah. and stuff. Um, you know, sharing a meal with your neighbors is kind of like one of those things that I think is kind of lost and forgotten, especially in in a larger city where kind of attitude, especially in Italy, where attitudes towards COVID are much more cautious than other places, mm -hmm. uh, making people feel comfortable doing that might be a lot you know, easier for people to come together outside. Yeah. Did, did you talk to the community before you oh, did this? Did, did you get input from the neighbors, that sort of thing? That's a great question. We didn't necessarily. Our, our group leader, um, who's from an Italian collective of architects called Horizontale, they do this sort of thing a lot. And she said, you know, as soon as we open the doors to this space, people from the neighborhood are going to come and check it out, see what's going on, and we'll talk to them then. And I was like, okay, like, this is an abandoned parking lot. Who's going to come? Literally, as soon as we open the doors, people start walking by, and they're like, what's going on? Looking in. Oh. And then eventually, there's an apartment complex next door, and there's a group of about five neighbors who came in, and were like, what are you guys doing? And we talked to them, and they, they showed up almost every day we were there, oh, and they came to the workshop at the end of the week, or the presentation. And it was really cool just to kind of see like that people wanted something to happen. Like They were so hungry that they just saw something and were willing to come. And that speaks to the potential that's already there, right? So whatever you end up designing, did they give you any input into what you ended up doing? Or? They, obviously not directly us, because we weren't able to speak their language, but we, we were able to hear from them about, you know, kind of the history of the area and also what they were hoping hoping to see. You know, they wanted a, broadly a community space, but also like a, a place where um, people could come and feel safe. That was kind of their big thing was like, it, this, this was an abandoned place and we want it to be well lit and you know just kind of like the normal things you'd expect but it was it was nice to kind of get validation because we have like larger 
principles for urban design that we learned, but to get the confirmation from residents was pretty cool. So you presented your projects on Sunday, on the, on the final day of the festival, and you got feedback. Did, did anything else come from the products? Did anyone say? We got a certificate. We got a certificate. <laughs> I know our, our videos are being published here in a few weeks by the studio. Um, for me, this has been like the most hands-on thing that I've ever done. And so I think it'll be cool to like put on my portfolio that I did something yeah. so like um, so real and um, doing things for people that they can actually use. And like Sayon said, usually our projects in school are so abstract and conceptual that it was just really rewarding for me to like do something real and like this is with real architects in a real place. Um, so that I was very satisfied with that part of it. Courtney, you, you made the comment that, that the spaces are different. I mean, obviously, I mean, they're different than what we would see in the United States. I mean, so are there any, I don't know, does this shape the way you think about space in the U.S.? Like, I, I'm, I'm imagining you're not going to work in Rome as architects. You're going to go back back home and, oh, wait, what? You might. I'm not. You're not saying no to that. I'm not really liking <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. Let's not close the door on that. <laughs> But if you were to go back to the U.S. and build a career, I mean, does this, well, and let's talk about the festival and let's talk about the entire term here at the Rome Center, because you're, you're required to, to do a study abroad as architecture students. That you, you, and, and it's, now it's the Rome Center. You come to the yeah. Rome Center, you mm -hmm. do. So can I ask you to say a few words about how you think the experience, both in the festival and in the course and the study abroad, May, maybe change change the the way you think about your career or your skill set or, or I don't know the sky's the limit okay I mean I've always kind of known that I want to do something that is more um, interactive with the community um, so I get I got a little taste of that with the workshop Brendan um, does it change the way you think about the how you, how you might approach space as an architect yeah I think something that should be important and critical to any sort of design whenever you're approaching it is what what's pre-existing and how do the people use the space around said project how they how do they use the space differently and so i think there's always something important that you know we should have a level of understanding of the the people that are going to be using the spaces that you design and so for me, the workshop was, was beneficial in that sense where we're on site, we're in the field and we're <laughs> there at all hours of the day. And we're really understanding, okay, people are using this for this at this time and this for this at this other time. And so I think as a, as a future architect, as an architecture student right now, um, it is beneficial in that sense that we, we, we get involved in the community and we understand the way that the community already interacts with certain space, so that can encourage any sort of um, design decision um, in future projects. Grant, it's not necessarily cheap to come to the Rome Center. You got to pay a fee, right? Is it worth it, and why? Uh, yeah, it's totally worth it. I mean, this is especially as architecture students. I mean, if you look back at, I would say, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but many, many influential successful architects have spent time in Rome um, and that's for good reason there's the basis of our whole kind of field is is here in Rome with you know these classic temples that have influenced 
the uh, development of architecture over time. And not only that, but we're talking about public space and Rome, Italy in general, but specifically Rome is known internationally for having such amazing public spaces. Um, so I think, of course it's worth it. You, you, you don't realize how many things that you see in your kind of education that will carry over into your profession you'll draw back to like oh this is that piazza that I saw and this is how they address the courtyard here you know just just and just seeing the broader attitude of how prioritized public space is here it's really cool because Courtney mentioned it's much different than America um, where I think public space is kind of an afterthought here it's the priority it's like okay well let's design the piazza yeah, and the streets right. will work themselves out yeah um Whereas at home, it's like, oh, well, maybe we'll put some benches in front of the building. That's our public space. So it's it's completely different um, That's a good observation. approach yeah. to, to public space. So if if nothing, that on its own has, has been awesome. Say, so, what do you say? Um, well, I kind of thought about this the other day. And um, as we were going around with our professors, I thought about how if I was to plan my own trip to come to Rome, I wouldn't have the same experience as uh, what we're doing now, going around with our professors and then like explaining everything, making us sketch everything. And um, so yeah, I think it's worth it too. Architecture as a profession is so, should be based on society and the needs of people. And I mean, there are many architects that don't engage that and it's unsuccessful in the sense where it just makes just another building but I, th I think that the truly successful projects within architecture any new architectures the way that they engage society and that they're they're really meant to be of the place that they're in and so when designed for a certain space they consider the culture they consider all sort of demographics about the space and <clears throat> if it's successful, it should address all certain aspects of what is needed in that space, in that city, and at that time. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, building is inherently a social action. Like, you're, you're, you're defining so many people's lives just by pre presenting a design, much less actually building that design. Um, so I think almost every move that we make has some sort of impact. Uh, whether known or unknown, on lots of people's lives. So I think it's it's something that I think the at least our generation is taking more seriously. But I think that it's something that, um, like Brennan said, it's important to keep on the forefront of your mind because it's there's no lack I think of awareness now, but there's also lots of unintended consequences, lots of uh, accidental uh, negative impacts from our profession. So it's how do you get ahead of those things? Yeah. These are some, rem if I do say, these are some really remarkably mature, very professional and inspiring statements that you have. Like, you, you have, a, like, the way you see your profession. Is, did this, was this present when you decided to start in the School of Architecture? I'm just, it, it was for you, Grace. Can you talk about why you chose architecture as a career? Um, so when I first started looking into what I wanted to do in college, I really just wanted to do, like, be a nurse so I could help people, but I'd pass out when I see blood, so this was, like, my next best option. <laughs> like, I got to do arts and crafts, okay. but my mom kind of told me about it when I first started. Um, but then the more that they tried to keep pushing, like, oh, you're going to design something new, like, everyone's going to be so excited when you have this new, like, big box building. 
And then the more you got to learn, the more you got to see, oh, I can do adaptive reuse. I can take this old building that's been abandoned for 20 years and put that into something that can actually help people instead of tearing it down, costing all this money, blah, 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 blah. And after I learned that, I think, well, when I first started, I didn't think I was going to get that option until I graduated. But then once I got to actually oh. pick my classes, I was like, wow, this is great. I'm oh, that's glad right that there. I mm -hmm. got to actually do this. And so back to the question about Rome, does coming to Rome help you, I mean, I guess just asking if, if being in Rome and studying in Rome helps move the ball for you on that, mo on that goal. Like if you, you're wanting to help people, you're wanting to uh, design for social impact, yeah. How does, how does the international experience play into that? Is that important? say absolutely just because like going back to the abandoned buildings thing I haven't noticed near as many here as just walking down the street in Fayetteville Arkansas anywhere really in the United States it's because architects here are able to take those spaces and adapt them to be something that everyone's looking for instead of them sitting abandoned to the point where they like to disintegrate so seeing that here and being like oh people are actually getting to make those next steps like in an area that is I would say way more opinionated mm. about what's going on with that building. Mm. Um, it's just really hopeful for when we get back to be like, well, if they can do it, I can do it without having to have that same kind of fight. I would say also, like I mentioned earlier, the attitude is different here and the attitude towards building is just completely different. And I think that's something that's really inspiring to see because at home, I mean, I, I don't think there's a lack of people or architects wanting to do good with their work. It's just maybe there's a lack of larger uh, forces there. So I think it's really inspiring to see of like, wow, the government really prioritizes the built space here. And like, there's so many committees about putting a door onto a building, whether that's good or bad, you know, maybe there's yeah. maybe it's too much red tape, but there is like, there's a lot of effort and a lot of, you know, money that goes into like making sure that, that, that this place stays beautiful and kind of continues to grow. And I think that's what, has been really cool to see that, that that's possible to have yeah. a system like that so that's been cool for me i think the big thing when like like you were asking about like how does this you know really push you to question like societal change or like um any sort of like architecture to help the people and i think what's so cool about being here is that you're immersed in a completely different culture with completely different values than your culture in America um, and so a lot of the people here rely on public transit a lot of the people here are out and about and physical and walking is mainly I would say the main method of transportation um, so whereas like America has a, a pretty pretty good infrastructure for roads like here maybe not as much just because the roads here are so old and it's very hard to get around by car here but the thing is like walking is like here and everything's so close that people really do rely on like actually using the public spaces here just because everyone is out and about and using public spaces consistently and so I think it, it's cool because you see two completely different cultures. Well it's interesting because if we are going to move towards more environmental sustainability and we're going to address problems like climate change and and that sort of thing that that's gonna that's gonna have a, a ripple effect on all kinds of things, and including the way that we use space. And mm -hmm. so I think everything you're saying is maybe uh, preparing us to to make sort certain adjustments in mm -hmm. the future. Do you have faith? Do you have faith that you you can go back and 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 make still make a difference? Yeah, 
I, I, I thought I could make a difference before I came here, though, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's I still think I can make a That's difference, awesome. but I think now I'm just more informed of how, how different culture, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, interact so I think that's what's most beneficial for me is being immersed in the culture excellent Grant, Saywan, Brandon Courtney and Grace thank you so much for talking to us on Points of Departure thanks for having me you've been listening to Points of Departure your hosts are Rogelio Garcia Contreras and Lawrence Hare. I'm Daniel Carruth. Points of Departure is a podcast production of KUAF Public Radio and Arkansas Global Changemakers.